Welcome to the Lift Church podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you to live up to your God-given potential. Day. And so um, I'm sensing a bit of an urgency with this word um, as we come into this next season of momentum of really seeing God's purposes happen in and through our lives. And I'm so excited to speak this word to you this morning and I hope your hearts are open, your ears are open to receive the word of God this morning. You see, when we talk about momentum, we're talking about God's purposes in our life. The amazing thing, and I think this is something that we don't understand until we meet Jesus, is that when we actually meet him and when we ask him into our life, we sign up to live our lives for him and his purposes. No longer are we chasing after meaningless things or pursuits in the world, but we've actually signed up to God and said, God, I want your purposes in my life. And you know, sometimes it's exciting living this life for God. When we've laid down our, uh, our desires, our wants and our pursuits and we've taken up His and, and it's an exciting journey. But you know, sometimes it gets difficult. Sometimes it feels like an uphill battle. And this morning, I, I really want to speak this word to you because I believe God wants to put courage in some of our hearts this morning to say that yes, right now you might feel like you're in an uphill battle but breakthrough is coming, but my momentum, my purposes, my promises are coming and and you're going to see them come to pass in your life. Sometimes it's an uphill battle, but what I found is that there are ways that we can posture ourselves, position ourselves to get ready for what God is going to do next. And so I've titled this message, I'm in it to win it. I'm in it to win it. And I'm talking about a posture. I'm talking about a position we can take to tell God, God, I'm in it to win it. God, I am in your purposes. I'm in the call that you've placed on my life because I want your kingdom to come and your will to be done. That's how Jesus taught his disciples to pray. That's how he teaches us to pray, that God, your kingdom come, your will be done. And so this morning, I want to talk about some postures, you know, just to kick us off, something that um, uh, I guess the, the one thing that will often cause a little bit of con- conflict or miscommunication between Nate and I, it's often what we are doing just before we need to leave the house. You see, Pastor Nate, he's great. He works margin into his life. And so, you know, he'll be showered up. He would have done his hair. He would have been ready. And he probably has a good 10 minutes to spare more often than not before we actually need to leave the house. So he's got this posture of, I'm cool. And, and it tells me that, okay, when I'm ready to go, he's ready to go. I can sense that from how he's postured himself. Me, on the other hand, I um, tend to run things right to the wire. Um, sometimes, you know, I'll be running out of the shower, hair's still wet, but I'm like, yep, ready to go. Or sometimes, you know, more often than not, I potter around the house. Any, any person who potters around the house yet? Just before you need to leave the house. And so sometimes, you know, your family members or your spouse, they're wondering, is this person actually ready? Because judging from their position, judging from their posture, I don't think they are. And so this is often a thing that creates a little bit of uh, a conflict in our house. Nate's like, I never know when you're ready because you're potting around. You need to clean this and clean that and do that. Um, 
But what I found is that it's the posture that we're in that can actually tell the people in our lives and more importantly, tell God that, God, I'm actually ready. I'm ready for what you're about to do. I'm ready for you to use me. I'm, I'm in this to win this, God. I want to be used by you. And so we're going to talk about posture this morning. The scripture we're going to be looking at is 1 Samuel chapter 14, right from the beginning. And just to give us a little background on this story, this story highlights a man named Jonathan. And Jonathan is the son of a man named Saul. And Saul is an army commander. He's the king at this point. And so what's taken place is that Saul and Jonathan, they've divvied up the army and one's leading one group to a certain point. One's leading uh, the other group of troops to another point because they're about to go into battle against the Philistines. And um, it's an interesting, amazing little story that we, we come to in 1 Samuel 14 because um, Saul and Samuel, they're, Saul and Jonathan, they're at different posts and they're getting ready to fight. But we notice that they go about things in different ways. So we pick up the story um, Uh, No, no, sorry, a little bit more before that. Um, So as they were gathering, what we need to know is that Saul was kind of taking it easy. He was sitting under this tree. It was a pomegranate tree. Um, The other name of it is the Rock of Rimen. And so he had gathered his troops there, but he had taken this posture, this position of sitting under a tree when the army's meant to be getting ready to go and fight the Philistines. But whereas we see Jonathan at his other location, The troops are ready, they're kind of waiting, they're kind of sitting around. But Jonathan, Jonathan's devising a plan to take his armour bearer and himself to actually go and start picking off the different garrisons and the different um, groups of Philistine uh, soldiers. And so we have one Saul, the leader of this group, he's sitting under a tree. And then we have the other leader devising a plan about to snap into action. And so I'm reading from the message version this morning um, from verse 6 to 16. Let's check it out. Jonathan said to his armor bearer, come on now, let's go across to these uncircumcised pagans. Basically, he's throwing a little bit of shame at them. Maybe God will work for us. There's no rule that says God can only deliver by using a big army. No one can stop God from saving when he sets his mind to it. His armor bearer said, go ahead, do what you think best. I'm with you all the way. I'm with you heart and soul. Jonathan said, here's what we'll do. We'll cross over the pass and let the man see we're there. If they say, halt, don't move until we check you out, we'll stay put and not go up. But if they say, come on up, we'll go right up and we'll know God has given them to us. That will be our sign. So they did it. The two of them, they stepped into the open where they could be seen by the Philistine garrison. The Philistines shouted out, look at that, the Hebrews are crawling out of their holes. Then they yelled down to Jonathan and his armor bearer, come on up here, we've got a thing or two to show you. Jonathan shouted to his armor bearer, up, follow me, God has turned them over to Israel. Jonathan scrambled up on all fours, his armour bearer right on his heels. When the Philistines came running up to them, he knocked them flat, his armour bearer right behind, finishing them off. In this first bloody encounter, Jonathan and his armour bearer killed about 20 men. 
That set off a terrific upheaval in both camp and field. The soldiers in the garrison and the raiding squad badly shaken up. The ground itself shuddering. Panic like you've never seen it before. What's taking place is that momentum is building. And then what happens is that when Jonathan and his armour bearer actually take a few steps and position themselves, they see God's purpose of defeat over over the enemies, defeat over the Philistines. They see it come to pass. And it's amazing. If you read on uh, more and more into the story, crazy miraculous things end up happening where literally there's an earthquake. The Philistines get confused and they end up using their own swords against themselves absolute crazy mess, chaos, but God comes through and God shows himself as this mighty God. You know, if there was one thing that Jonathan understood, it was that he was God's instrument to win the victory against the Philistines. You know, uh, reading through commentaries and kind of studying up on the Israelites, often how we see and look at the Israelites, this whole nation, is that um, they are asked God and they wanted God to bend to their agenda, to bend to their rules and their purposes and their desires. But all along we see threaded throughout the whole Bible is that Israel was actually God's instrument for his plans, for his purposes. And this is one uh, little glimpse into that and how God did that. And Jonathan understood that. He could relate to us as Christians uh, in our modern world in that when we say yes to Jesus, it means that we've said yes to God's purposes, that we've laid down our agenda, we've laid down our life and exchanged it for his. And so Jonathan understands that. And as he understands that, he begins to position himself. And so the first thing he does is he takes action. Why don't you say it to the person next to you, take action. So that's one of the things that we notice about Jonathan. He's a man of action. You see, as the army move into position, Jonathan is already devising schemes. He's already like, no, I I don't want to be waiting here when there's an enemy over there. God's already told me that, you know, we're going to take them out. I'm ready to move. I'm ready to act. But then we contrast that with Saul. Remember, he's sitting under this pomegranate tree. And if we look at what pomegranate trees represented to the Hebrew people, it represented fruitfulness. It represented blessing. It represented comfort and, and security and, and kind of this lavishness. And so we have Saul sitting in this place of rest, sitting in this place of comfort when a battle was still to be won. It's a bit of a conflicting, kind of confusing thing. Why would you be sitting down taking a rest when there's a battle to fight? And as I was thinking about this, um, Uh, the game of baseball actually popped into my mind. And so we're going to just run a video real quick, if that's going to work, just to show you what I'm talking about.
Awesome, we can cut it there. Thanks, Cliff. Awesome. So this whole idea, any baseball fans out there? Yeah, nice. Our resident USA, Ian. <laughs> so good. Well, we used to play baseball and softball in primary school, right? You kind of rotate through a few different sports. And one thing that I could never understand was that when you'd hit a homer, when you'd hit a home run, how you still had to run around the bases. Anyone was ever confused by that? No, it was, it was just me. I'm like, why? Why even bother? Um, but it kind of reminded me about this whole um, stepping up to the plate and you had to be ready to run. You just had to be ready. And so I think for Jonathan, what was going through his mind was that I already know this battle has been won because I'm standing here under God's authority. I'm here, I'm here because God has me here, but I still got to be ready to act. I've still got to be ready to run. I've still got to be ready to do my part. And so Jonathan has this posture of I'm ready to run when you call me God. And so he's, he's getting ready. But then you have Saul who's kind of committed to his own luxuries. He's committed to the blessing of God and to the great things. He's not ready to run. You know, in seasons when we're in that uphill battle, when we're heading towards those seasons of God's purpose and of momentum, sometimes it can feel difficult to get into that posture, but God is calling us to get ready to run. He's saying, come on, step up to the plate and be ready because when I call you, I need you to move into action. And that's a position that Jonathan takes already knowing the battle has been won. It's already been won. You know, people, are, uh, God is looking for people who, yes, have confidence in Him, who, yes, are putting their faith in God. Uh, I know that the ending to this is going to be great because you've called me to this fight, you've called me to this position, but I'm still going to act. I'm still going to get myself ready for what you're wanting me to do next, for what you're going to get me to do next. And so God's calling us to take our position, to take our post, to say, no, God, I'm in this to win it. I'm in this to win it. Jonathan was a man of action. He positioned himself in that way. The second thing that Jonathan did was that he took the right guy. Turn to your neighbour and say, take the right guy. Take the right guy. You know, something I love about Jonathan is that he schemed and he spoke to the right person. He wasn't being foolish. He wasn't being, well, I think he was being a little bit cheeky because what it says in the passage is that he willfully didn't tell his dad what he was doing. You know, if ever you've done this, maybe as a kid, maybe as an adult, I don't know. But sometimes when we willfully don't tell our parents something, it means that we're about to do something really stupid. We're about to do something that they wouldn't approve of. And I love it because Jonathan is just like us. <laughs> I love it. He, he willfully doesn't tell his dad. And to be honest, in the role that he is in as this army commander of that section of the army, he should have actually reported to his dad. But he said, no, 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 I'm actually going to tell my armour bearer instead. I'm actually going to tell this guy who's full of courage, who, who will come and fight with me, who will fight behind me, who will hem me in, who will go the distance with me. And it's really important that in seasons of momentum, when we are pursuing the purposes of God and His promises, that we are careful with who we actually band together with, that we choose out of the people we're surrounded with. See, Jonathan was surrounded by a lot of soldiers. He could have picked any of the 
I think it was, was it 300? Maybe 300 other troops that he had around him. He could have picked a handful out of all of them, but no, there was a reason why he picked his armour bearer, that he was like, yep, it's you that I want to go with. And there was a reason why he didn't bring Saul. You know, uh, there's this book, um, recently been getting into reading a little bit about business leadership and things like that. And there's this man by the name of Jim Collins. And um, he wrote this book, Good to Great. And apparently it's a bestseller when it comes to business. And But he talks about who the right people are. Who are the right people that you're wanting to get into your organisation? Who you're going to want to get around you in order to see the purpose of your business. But for us, we can put it into our context. But to see the purpose of your business fulfilled. And he breaks it down as people who get it, people who want it, and people who have the capacity to do it. And you see, I see Jonathan actually applying these leadership principles to who he chooses to bring with him. He knew that his armour bearer got what he was meant to do. He got the role of fighting, of protecting Jonathan, of going and being in the battle with him. He knew that he understood the role. Something else that he understood was that the armour bearer wanted the victory just as much as Jonathan did. He wanted it just as much. The, the armour bearer says to him, I'm with you, heart and soul. I'm in this with you. And so Jonathan knew that, yep, tick, he wants this as well. He'll be equally committed to this mission as I am. And then the last thing is that he had the capacity to do it. Jonathan wouldn't have picked somebody who he's never fought with, but he took his armour bearer. He knew that, okay, I know what this guy, I know his potential, I know what he's capable of doing on on the battlefield, and that's why I'm going to choose him. This morning, where are you in terms of the purposes of God? Who have you partnered up with? Who have you uh, combined with to see that happen? You know, I love sitting down with couples and George and Aiden are one of them. And I love just hearing about the vision and the purpose they believe that God has called them to as a soon to be married couple. October! Woo! Um, but I love hearing what they're saying. I love that they're understanding that uh, they both get what God is calling them to. They both understand the purpose that God has placed on their life and they both want it. They're both equally passionate about seeing God use them in this kind of a way and they're building on the capacity. George has recently gone back to study and, and they're building on their capacity together to see God's purposes come through. This morning, God wants to give you community. God wants to give you, and I believe He's Positioned you in Lift Church for a reason because there are people here who want to come around you and people you can bring into your sphere, into your circle and, and kind of rub up against them and, and talk about things and share faith and get excited together and share what you're passionate about. Share the purpose and the call that you believe God has called you to because God doesn't want us isolated when it comes to these seasons of momentum and, and seeing the purposes of God in our lives. He doesn't want us alone in this because when we're isolated, that's when things get really dangerous for us. That's when the enemy can come in, steal, kill and destroy. But this morning, I believe God's calling some of us to actually come back and, and be deliberate about who do we have that we're partnering with.
When was the last time that you prayed with someone? When was the last time that you asked someone to intercede on your behalf? When was the last time that you talked to somebody about something you believe God is calling you to? You know, a few weeks ago, it was awesome. Uh, Nate and I met with um, my mother and father-in-law and they were sharing with us these dreams and this vision that they believe God has put in their heart. And I was getting so excited for them, but I was getting so excited for myself as well. And, And it kind of helped me to take courage again for the call on my life. And I love that they wanted to share it. I love that they wanted to talk about what God was doing because they get that when when we're isolated, you know, it's harder. The battle does feel like an uphill climb. But when we're together, when we're partnered with people who also get what God and His kingdom is all about, then man, the battle is ours. (laughs) The battle has been won already. And so this morning, where are you at? Who have you partnered with? Or maybe who have you not partnered with yet? Who are some people in this room that you've been dying to get a coffee with, that you've been dying to just share with? Well, I encourage you, this is the season for it. This is the time to buddy up, to partner up, to get that armour bearer on your side. Get people around you who get it, who get the Kingdom of God, who get what living for Jesus is all about, who get it, who want it, and who have the capacity to do it as well. It's something that Jonathan did to position himself. And the last thing that Jonathan did was that he took the gap. He took the gap. What do I mean by this? You see, if we read this story a little bit more in, in greater detail, where Jonathan was positioned was between these two big cliff faces, these two giant um, yeah, cliffs and rocks. And they were really sharp and it was kind of a dangerous position. And in between these two rocks was this great pass. And it was actually a really dangerous place for anyone from the opposing army to go through because then that meant that the enemy would see them for sure. And normally what army, that's a picture of it there. Pretty cool. Normally what... Um, armies would do is that they'd actually find an area where the pass wasn't that wide, wasn't that thick. And so then they'd cross over to the other side of uh, the cliff. But Jonathan, he was a bit of a daredevil and he said, you know what, if the Philistines see us in that gap and they tell us to come, then that's God saying that that's what we're going to do. That's the way that we're going to go and do it. So it was really interesting because I was reading up on commentaries and and what they were saying was that God was in fact uh, confirming for them to go through that pass, to actually go through that wider part when that would have been very much the most dangerous way that they could have done it. And yet God was saying, yeah, go and do it. And it just blew my mind because I was like, God, that's not wise, right? Like that's just, that's not good um, army combat plans, is it? You, you just don't do that. Why would you want to expose yourself to the enemy? But you know what was really amazing is that God was saying, yeah, but that's where you can see my hand at work. Sometimes when when God calls us to take this step that just seems so unconventional, that seems so dangerous, that seems so foolish, but really God is saying, do it, trust me with it, trust me with the gap, and I'm going to come through for you. And for Jonathan, it, it was amazing. For Jonathan and his armour bearer, like I said before, they, they climbed, the, they scaled these cliffs um, on all fours. It was amazing. They would have had sword, um, a sword and a bit of armour as well. But they climbed up these cliffs and they took the gap all because God was calling them to. 
this morning for you to see God's purposes, to see His promises come through in your life. Sometimes He's going to call you to do what's unconventional. Sometimes He's going to call you to do something that's dangerous. And I believe that's where God wants to put courage into our hearts this morning. That's why He says, come on, buddy up with people who get it. Buddy up with people who will take action with you, who are ready for it. Because what I have for you is awesome. I have a call for each and every one of you. There's a space in this generation that requires you to step into it. And sometimes I'm going to call you to do the hard stuff. Sometimes I'm going to call you to do what's uncomfortable. Sometimes I'm going to call you to do things that's just so against the grain. But you know what? I pray that when God calls us to do that, that we would be a people that says yes. Because we understand who our God is. We understand that the battle's already been won. We understand that we're not doing it in isolation. And we understand that the blessing isn't just for ourselves, but it's actually for our community. It's for our families. It's for the people around us as well. The momentum and the purposes that God has for you is meant to get through you. So we're not to be like Saul, sitting down, being inactive. We're to be like Jonathan. We're to take action. We're to get together with people, partner up, and we are to do the things that God's calling us to, whether they're scary, whether they're unconventional, whatever it is. And so this morning, I really believe that God wanted to put fresh courage in people today. I'm just going to invite the band to come up because I believe that God really wants to speak to hearts this morning. And I believe that each and every one of these things that Jonathan displayed to us, each of these positions, there are positions that people in this room need to take. Whether it's getting with somebody else that you can share the purpose of God with, whether it's for you to share the call of God and say, hey, I don't want to do this alone. I need someone to spur me on. I want someone to egg me on and to say, I'm with you. I'm praying with you, heart and soul. You know, there are other people here who I believe have been enjoying, who have been sitting back and kind of enjoying and relaxing. And yes, there are seasons for that. But I believe that God is calling some of us to actually take a step, to get ready for action, to get onto that that home base plate and get ready to run. I believe God's calling some of us to do that. And then for others, I believe that God is calling you to say yes to that unconventional thing to say yes to that crazy, crazy thing that God's put in your heart. And I love, like all throughout this year, I've been hearing where different people are at and have been hearing that for some of you, you had been sitting on something that God had called you to do, but this year you've taken that step. You've taken that step. And it's so, so encouraging. You know, my prayer is that for each and every one of us individually, but for each and every one of us as a church together, that we would see God's purposes come, be our reality, be fulfilled in our time with Lift Church, within our community. That's my prayer. That's my heart. But it takes each and every one of us saying yes to whatever God is calling us to. And then together we can move into His purposes and His promises. But you know, right now, it actually begins with a relationship with Jesus. Jonathan knew God. 
He knew that the battle had already been won. And us today, we get the beauty of having the fullness of the Word of God. We can read from front to back and we know how the story ends. We know that Jesus has conquered death and the grave. And we know that we have purposes that are great in God. And we know that the story ends on a good note, on a redemptive note, on a note that is filled with hope, filled with great and glorious destiny. But it all begins with a relationship with Jesus Christ. And this morning, I'd love to lead every single person in a prayer, whether it's recommitting your life to Jesus or whether it's saying for the very first time that, yes, I want to be in this, God. Count me in. Count me in to your purposes and your plans. I am done pursuing these things that I've been pursuing. I'm done pursuing things that don't satisfy. I'm done pursuing things that only uh, leave me filled and enjoying life for a short time, but it never truly satisfies. God, I am done. I'm ready to take on the purpose that you have for my life. I want in. I want to be in this to win it. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, I ask you to repeat this prayer after me. Pray, dear Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died for my sin and rose again that I may have life. I give you my life. Now you have mine. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you for tuning in today. If you would like to find out more about Lyft, check out our website at theliftchurch.com.au.